grace, mercy, and peace from our Creator and our Lord Jesus Christ to you today. I give thanks to my God always for you because you, well, because of the grace of God that has been given to you in Jesus Christ. Amen. I also give thanks to you for allowing me to be, to at least participate in the Wabash Pastoral Leadership Program. Some of you may remember that this past week I spent Monday through Wednesday in Crawfordsville at Wabash College attending the first session of the program. It's a program funded by the Lilly Foundation that works with pastors of Indiana. Their goal is to create more healthy communities through forming more healthy churches. Seems like an incredible task, but what they propose is not recreating the wheel, rather shifting church leadership, community leadership, by one or two percent through educating us on dealing with adaptive changes. That one to two percent might not sound like much, but the Wabash Pastoral Leadership Program realizes the challenges facing the church and the communities in which they are found. And over time, that one to two percent can change the whole trajectory of where things are going. So as we read in John, when Jesus notices two of John the Baptist's disciples following him, he says to them, what are you looking for? Now this might seem a little out of the ordinary, but usually in Scripture, Jesus is the one expected to have the answers, not asking the questions. So Jesus catches the two disciples following him, and like two students sneaking around the halls during class caught without a hall pass, Jesus addresses, addresses them first. He says, what are you looking for? And they reply, uh, Rabbi, teacher, uh, have, um, mm, wait, where are you staying? A better question might have been, are you really the Messiah? Are you the Son of God? Can we see a miracle? Rumor has it that you're turning water into wine. But the best they come up with is, where are you staying? And Jesus, instead of saying, at the sixth motel at the right, I'll leave the lights on for you, just checking to see if you're awake. Jesus changes the whole dynamic of the interaction between them. And in doing so, changes the trajectory of the discussion. Jesus says, come and see. Jesus sets this up as an introduction to evangelism. He is selecting his disciples. And what better way to introduce them to evangelism than to allow these inquisitive followers to realize who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing by witnessing it themselves. Come and see, Jesus replies. And they spend the day with him. But it's more than that. Jesus is asking them to come and see because by the end of the day, Jesus knows they will search for others to tell them what they have noticed about Jesus. Now, how many of you honest Lutherans got a little nervous when I said the word evangelism? I know it's not in our fiber. It's not in our Lutheran heritage to evangelize 
about our faith to others outside the walls of the church. But most Lutherans, like myself, are willing to share our faith when asked. Most of us are not willing to go out into the public and begin our faith conversations with friends, let alone strangers. But here's an opportunity to make a simple 1% to 2% change in how we evangelize for the sake of the gospel. Evangelism is not difficult. As we learn in our reading today, three simple steps, which I first heard from Dr. David Loos, to energize and evangelize, we only need three simple steps. Notice, share, and invite. So first notice. As I shared last week with the stars, the wise people followed the star to find the newborn Christ child, and I had stars taped on the, well, they're still there, the altar, the lectern, the baptismal font. And then we explained that the church, is, as we gather, is another place where we find Jesus, and we know through the Holy Spirit Jesus is with and within each one of us. Jesus is always with us, reaching out, saying, come and see. So, I ask, what do you notice? Where do you notice God or God's work in your daily life? Our bishop, Bishop Bill Goffian, is famous for asking this question when he opens up most meetings with a time going around the table individually, asking everyone, where have you seen God or God's work in their lives in the past week or the last 24 hours? And even as a pastor, I have to admit, there are times when I am uncomfortable because I'm not prepared to answer. One would think a pastor might be more in tune with God's work in the world, but no matter who you are, it takes time and practice to notice. God's work in the world is abundant. We simply need to slow down and spend reflective time noticing. So take some time right now. Think about where you have seen God's work in the world. It could be in nature, a sunrise or sunset, seeing animals frolicking about. But I would ask you to go a little deeper in finding an example something more with more context. Did someone lend a helping hand this week? Did you see something on the news that was good? Did you have a moment of joy that made you stop and take note? Did the actions or words from someone else place you on a path or a new path to have a better day? You have a couple of minutes right now. Go ahead and think about that. Those of you online, go ahead and put a comment if you're on Facebook or maybe even a uh, chat in the chat box on Zoom. The next minute is yours.
How'd you do? Did you think of something? If so, hold on to it. And if you didn't, maybe it would be easier to think of somewhere locally and or in your life you wish you could see God's work more evidently. Our second step is to share, getting back to our, our gospel. In John 1:41, it says, he, Andrew, first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah. After the two disciples noticed where Jesus was staying, where Jesus was abiding, where Jesus was going to be and would remain, they noticed that Jesus and realized that Jesus now was God with them. And Jesus would remain with them. So Andrew sought out his brother Simon and told him what they noticed. Yes, he shared the good news of what he noticed with somebody else. So now, find a friendly stranger somewhere close to you or not so close to you, if you dare. Someone you are not related to. And tell that person where you saw God at work, in your life, or in the world. If you couldn't come up with something like that, share where you wish God's work would be more prevalent. Those in person, please go ahead and find a friendly stranger. Those on Zoom, again, write your responses in the chat box. So if you're not sure how to use the chat option, you should see this icon somewhere on the screen. And if not, you can place your cursor over your picture so it should show up, and then click on it. It should bring up this window. You, click on, you can click on the arrow and select Randy or just send it to everyone. And other Zoomers will be able to see it too. Those on Facebook, please write it as a comment, I will not share names unless you specify I can. Just remember, there's a few second delay on the Facebook feed, so I might not see it right as you send it. Pause. We'll see what comes up.
All right, everyone. It's hard to interrupt good conversation with what I'm continuing to do, but it's, it's all right. So some of the um, additions in our Zoom meeting or Zoom worshipers said that saw someone volunteer to help someone in need. When I heard a family member responding to his grandfather's empathy or empathetically. Someone wrote, help healing our, healing our political divide. And the Lord allows us to keep on living each and every day. At this time, I don't see any Facebook responses, but that might change as there's a delay in it. And I want to ask you all, I want to thank you first for stepping totally out of your comfort zone and doing something different during worship. But what did you hear? As you were comfortable, I want to know, and we won't use any names, but what did you hear as people shared how they noticed God in the world? Just shout them out. Kindness. Wonderful. Connection. Connection. Yes. Again, thank you for stepping out of your comfort zones. It's different. But we are called to do different things as followers of Christ. Now we are down to our last step. Inviting. As Andrew noticed Jesus and went to Simon to share that news, he then invited him. In verses 41 through 42, verses 42, he brought Simon to Jesus and looked at him and said, Jesus looked at him and said, you are the son, Simon, you are Simon, son of God. You are to be called Cephas. Andrew went out and found his brother, shared the good news of what he had noticed, and then invited him to come along. And it's time to invite people to church, or at least to invite them into the conversation of where you see and where you notice God's love in your life or in the world. And I know this seems uncomfortable, but if you notice God in your life, and it brings you joy, why wouldn't you want to share that with those you care about? Because they will then experience that joy along with you. It's not a huge leap that I'm asking you to take. I mean, if you're willing to share memes and cartoons on Facebook that make your friends laugh, why wouldn't you want to share God's work in your life or in the world and invite them into that joy as well? I mean, the least you can do is share our Facebook page. If inviting them to worship is way too awkward, even though we know that God is here, maybe you want to tell them about what God is doing through OSLC 
where you see God's work through the purchase of the rental properties next door because now we get to dream about how they can be used for the community. Maybe you want to invite them to Hearts and Crafts, which starts today at 1 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall and again on Wednesday afternoon. Maybe you want to invite them to meet Pastor Kristen, our new PLM pastor, or tell them about PLM and its ministry. Maybe you want to invite them because we have children volunteering to read and help during our service. Maybe you want to invite them to hear that they are loved unconditionally, no matter what, just as they are. It's these types of little simple changes, noticing, sharing, inviting, the one or two percent change that can shift our outlook on a day and make them brighter. After all, it's not really us. God is the one that takes these simple things that seem insignificant. These, These things are what God always has been able to turn into wonderful life-giving things, a noticing, a sharing, an invite, an invitation. God uses these little things, just like a little bit of bread and a little bit of wine, a little bit of water, and makes them extraordinary. God will use our simple changes, our initial attempts to share our faith and create something beautiful. We are called to notice God in the world. We are called to share what we see. And then we are called to invite those. And as we do, we all participate in the, God, in the love of God that God is sharing with us each and every day. Amen.